And welcome to Play on K, the Korean drama podcast with Emily and Raquel. And this week, we're doing the bonus episode for Just Between Lovers. We're doing... So typically, uh, if you've been listening up to this point, our bonus episode is an episode where we shamelessly pull other people's reviews of the K-drama off of any website that we can find reviews on. Uh, public domain, right? <laughs> and... <laughs> We uh, we talk about their reviews, which has always been super fun. We love talking about what other people think about the K-drama, but this week we're getting experimental. Ooh, I like that shimmy. Yeah, shimmy into the experiment. Um, so we are going to talk about facts about the K-drama that I don't have a lot. It, in my mind, what I really wanted from this was to be able to, like, like sleuth out some you know how when you go onto an imdb page and find crazy trivia about things that happened like during filming or coincidences or which is like fun stories like yeah these two are best friends now uh these guys still go out to lunch i don't know maybe we need to do hours of instagram snooping for that oh yeah i mean Kind of that's just what my Instagram is becoming for the most part. It's just me following a bunch of K-drama actors and actresses. So we'll get there eventually. I pick up one from every K-drama that we watch. (laughs) I follow so many right now. Going into my search of uh, like the search tab in Instagram, all K-drama. Just all (laughs) of it. Amazing. Yeah. So we'll be that guy for you today. We will be the Instagram detectives, but also not talk gossip. How how are they going to balance it? How, what are they going to do? We, we don't do the celebrity gossip. I think the closest we'll get is if I can, I don't know, like I, we might mention something like, oh, this person, like you said, still hangs out with this person or... Because that's know. nice. I don't know. Friendship doesn't feel as much like gossip. Yeah. I guess it still is. It falls into the category. But it's just nice to say, like, these two still hang out. They're still good friends. And we love that and we support that. We're not involved in their lives at all. So mm-hmm. from an outsider perspective, adorable. Yep. I pulled it up exactly one Soompi article. And it doesn't feel too gossipy. It feels pretty, pretty basic. So yeah, what that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna try and be those sleuths. I don't feel like we did the best job. We honestly. did a bad job. Honestly, yeah. we did a bad job. <laughs> but we can jump into talking about some stuff about this K drama, and if it comes down to it, we can. We've got some reviews that we can talk about still. <laughs> we've had a backup plan. <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know. This is an experiment. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you prefer us changing the format. If not to this, then to something else. We're open to change. Mm -hmm. We're excited to make this podcast more of what our listeners want. Yeah, we don't want to get stuck in a rut here. Yeah. We want to keep growing. 
If there's something you'd like to hear, let us know. We're taking shots in the dark. <laughs> Today we're going to see if something lands. Yeah, let's see what happens. At the end, we'll turn on the lights and view our... Yikes. Yeah. View our dartboard? Yeah, we'll call it a dartboard. Our dartboard massacre. I always imagined Shots in the Dark was a dartboard. Is it supposed to be guns? I think it's guns, but I might... uh, I like yours more. I like the idea of it being a dartboard that's so wholesome. (laughs) compared to someone taking a gun and shooting it into darkness um what about like bow and arrow that's still pretty deadly but it makes me think the nerd in me is like here we go lord of the rings dungeons and dragons i guess i thought it came from like playing a drunken game of darts and you decide to close your eyes like put your hand over your eyes and take a shot in the dark Uh, Maybe that's a game I made up in my head, and that's not where the expression came from. Now I'm embarrassed. Uh, mm, Let's get off of that. So this is our shot in the dark. No context for what that means. (laughs) Our show, Just Between Lovers, is also called Rain or Shine. I feel like I knew that at some point in this drama, but I kept forgetting it. I kept thinking Something in the Rain, which is a different show. It's called Rain or Shine, which is a lot less intense than Just Between Lovers. Maybe I'm the only one left in America that thinks lovers is a very strong word. I, so I do cringe at the word lover. I don't want to. I don't want to be that prude, that dumb baby that immediately... Whenever someone directly refers to another person as lover, I want to die. I absolutely agree. I am trying, I'm working on it, guys. I know that the implication, I don't know, the implication is that we're cringing at, like, the sex? I can't even say it. Why am I such a child? (laughs) Like, because... In our back in our days, lovers <laughs> referred to sexual partners, and mm-hmm. that's why it's so cringy to just say that. Like, this is the person it's I'm public. having sex with, instead of yeah. this is my beau, my partner, the person yeah. I love. It's just a different connotation, and the connotation is sex things. And if someone was like, if it's your thing to call your partner lover. And that's, like, what you do at home or something. Like, hey, lover, that's great. That's really nice uh, because that's what you guys do. For me, whenever someone out in public says, like, like refers to someone, like, they are talking to them and says lover to them, about them, as that referring to them. I want to die. I want to <laughs> crawl out of my skin my soul exits my body and watches the the my face lose blood and just like I, I can't do it. Reset to default. Yeah. You go into robot mode. There is nothing left. <laughs> I think that we're being immature, and I know that, and I'm sorry. <laughs> and pe- please, Stop, please use whatever vernacular you're comfortable with. Just know that. We're dead, and that's okay. You're allowed to kill us with your use of the word lovers. (laughs) 
This is our problem, not yours. <laughs> this is an us problem. Um, for, oddly, I didn't have any problem with calling this show Just Between Lovers, but it felt like, I don't know, in classic K-drama style, there wasn't much implication that they were sexual partners. There was literally one scene where they broke down that. Yeah, I think for me, it was like a trial by fire uh, or sorry, no, I'm thinking of baptism by fire, I think, where at first it made me really uncomfortable, but it's one of those things that you eventually just get used to it and then it doesn't phase you anymore. But yeah, for sure, it bugged me at first. Ah, see, it didn't bug me at all. I don't know why. Maybe because, yeah, someone wasn't directly referring to someone else as a lover. I think probably my biggest problem with it was whenever someone at work would ask which one we're watching, like, hey, which one are you watching this time around? And I'd have to say the title just between lovers out loud to someone with no context of what it was about. And then it got even trickier when I started to explain what it was about. And I was like, it's about people living with trauma in the aftermath of a building collapse. Everyone was like, uh, cool. Uh, they should have called it Rain or Shine. I'm just going <laughs> to put a suggestion. Yeah, you're telling me, coworker. I wish they'd called it Rain or Shine. If only. If only I could have said those words <laughs> instead of what I just said to you in the workplace. I'm sorry, K dramas. That's a you problem, not an us problem. You have to get better titles. They're so intense. Yeah. We can't say them to anyone. It's so hard to be like, Mom, watch K-dramas with me. Do you want to watch this one called Just Between Lovers? Does that sound like a good time? Maybe Mm -hmm. not. No. You know, just keep it Just Between Lovers. That's why we don't get watch it together. (laughs) (laughs) Disgusting. (laughs) Only because it's adultery, not because we're two women. Yep. We're... We would never do that to Jason. Jason's been my best friend since I was three. Yeah, we're anti-adultery. Yeah. Pro-LGBTQ. Yeah. And if your thing is polyamory, and that's something that you and your partner have decided together is what works for your relationship, that's also great. You do you. Make your own rules. Mm-hmm. Why have we done this? we need structure that's why we kept reading the comments guys oh we're falling apart we've we did spend the first 11 minutes of this episode talking about just the title of the (laughs) gay drama and how uncomfortable it makes us so now we can move on to another fact do you have anything you want to talk about yeah our main boy uh lee gong do was played by Lee Jun Ho, who I did not know was an idol. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, but though at this point, I do uh, just kind of assume that everyone's been in a K-pop group <laughs> if they're in a K-drama. Because, I mean, right now Korea is very... Um, it's a little old Hollywood in the sense that you kind of have to do both. Like, if you're in one part of the world, you're probably in both parts of the world. If you want to be an actor, you have to be able to sing and dance. Mm-hmm. Triple threats only. Thank you. Yeah. Others need not apply. Uh, that's interesting. I think there could be an interesting debate surrounding 
idols entering the acting world because I think they can be uh, controversial, especially the transition where their first few jobs can be tricky. Yeah. They are judged especially harshly, I think, because I have they heard. aren't trained actors. Yeah, I've heard some pretty negative criticism. I guess the word criticism is negative. I've heard some criticism about several actors that I actually like now and I've heard they improved from the same people that were criticizing like I've got friends that watch k-dramas that um talked about like the early career of a couple of actors and actresses and how they were not great when they started in the career and that would be hard to have all eyes on you in that sense like jumping over but the the same friends who are super positive people were like yeah they definitely got better with time, and now I, I think they do a good job, but the first part was rough. And then there's the others that were born triple threats, and... <laughs> that might be Legion Hall. Yeah. I don't know what else he's been in. Do you no have to... I should Let have pulled up his page. He's been in things as early as 2011. He was in a film. Oh, but that was, I think... Okay, it was called White, the Melody of the Curse, and his role was Music Fever Host. Whoa. He was no. just a cameo in that, though. Yeah, there are no small roles. Um, Is that the expression? There are no small roles, only small actors? That seems backwards. There are no small actors, only small roles? Um, there's no small roles, only small humans. Mines. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I shouldn't have started something that I couldn't finish, but here we are. Yikes. He was in a lot of variety shows. He got Best New Actor in 2013, which looks like that was the second film he was ever in. And he didn't start television until 2016. So it sounds like he was pretty much born great because in 2013 he was in a film called Cold Eyes, and at the 22nd Buell Film Awards, he was nominated but did not win Best New Actor. Um, yeah. And in his idol start was around 2008. Yeah. He and actually started on a variety show. Sorry. What? So the variety show came first? So the variety show was how he... It was Hot Blood. What's was that? The, I... It's on Network Mnet. I've never seen it. I think it's what I imagine, and correct me if I'm wrong, dear listeners, what I imagine is something like American Idol. Okay. If you're right, then that makes a lot of sense. So from that, or from something else that we have no idea, he joined the boy band 2PM. Yeah. That was interesting to me. Why? Because... It's so the band that was created after Hot Blood from like all of these people auditioning and training to be part of the band. The band is called One Day and then they have it like split into two parts. So they've got 2 a.m. and 2 p.m. And that makes one day conceptually great actual like enacted in practice. I don't know. It like it was kind of weird for me to wrap my head around. It was definitely maybe a little bit hard to Google, where I ended up finding 2 p.m. and Raquel ended up finding 2 a.m. We were searching in very different spots that are just one letter difference. Yes. But 
we got there. We figured out the the mishap, and yeah, the conception of the one day project is very cool. Yeah. Either way, this boy's got a lot under his belt. Kudos to him. Busy dude. Busy dude. What a star. I'm looking at a picture of him with straight hair, and it's hard for me because I just got really used to him having wavy hair in Just Between Lovers, and it's hard for me to exit the K-drama. What is real? What is life and what is K-drama? Are we human or are we in a K-drama? I definitely thought you were going to say dancer. Yeah, I mean, I was absolutely, I had that reference in mind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You got me there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. What's Moonsu up to? How Moonsu is played by Wan Jina. Oh, this was a doozy. She is the female lead in Melting Me Softly. Yes. Which we absolutely have to watch now. I watched the first episode. Obviously didn't recognize your girl Jinna because I'm the stupidest person on the planet. You were too dazzled by the fact that Ju Chung Wook is in it and he <laughs> has our hearts. And I don't know, whenever I'm watching anything with him in it, I obviously my eyeballs are glued to him because I can't miss a moment of his changing facial expressions. They're always gold. That's what his magic is. Um, thanks, Raquel. That's very nice of you to say. Wanjina, I'm so excited. We have to watch Melting Me Softly. She is the female lead. And we found out that Nuna Marie, played by Yin Se-ah, is also in Melting Me Softly. This yeah. is too exciting. We have to watch it now. We weren't going to because it got, you know, not the best ratings, but maybe that's just Twitter. Yeah, I mean, I'm not on Twitter. All I knew was what other people told me. And actually, yeah, if y'all could just let us know, we trust you. Even if you're on Twitter, we trust you more than just, like, anything that comes through the Twitterverse. Email us and let us know what you thought of Melting Me Softly and if we should give it a listen, or a listen, a watch. A watch review. Uh, yeah, because we're, I'm definitely flip-flopping. I want to see it. I do, because my boy. Also, it's got my good boy Honky from FD Island. Uh, you may also have seen him in your beautiful, he was Jeremy. I am obsessed with him. <laughs> It's been an interesting arc for me of, like, reaching a point where, like, because I saw him, I think the first thing I saw him in was actually Huayugi, a Korean Odyssey. Yeah. He was PK and, for the longest time. Yeah, and that's all we called him was PK, because that was literally our only reference for anything he's ever been in. And I liked him in that pretty well, but I, I don't know. His character was kind of a lot. Um... And then I we watched him in You're Beautiful, and I really liked his voice. Whenever like we got the chance to hear him sing, I was like, he's got a really cool voice. So I started listening to his music, uh, FT Island. I cannot recommend them enough. They are my all-time favorite Korean like musicians. <laughs> it's crazy. The other day, my friend was like, hey, let's go to an FT Island or FT Island concert someday. Like, let's do it. Let's commit. Let's plan on what? it. Let's go somewhere. Like, we'll go to Korea. We'll Maybe they'll come to the States. Like, maybe they'll come to, like, Seattle or LA or something. Are they still and performing I was, like, together? 
I think they are. I think they are, but he also recently started his military service, so I, it might be a while. Rough. I'm yeah. sorry to hear that. Yeah. I know I, a lot of his bandmates. No, I was thinking of a different band. My favorite boy group. Sorry. Oh, no. Did they not? Are they not <laughs> performing together anymore? They're not really, and two of them are in the army now. Oh. We've got it rough. <sighs> They'll get back together. But you're going to Korea to see an FD Island concert someday. That's very exciting. I would do it in a second. Honestly, I am so into all of their discography. I actually, so if y'all have Spotify, there's this really cool thing that you can do that is, um, it's called Jukebox. And they they spell it real hip. It's like J-Q-B-X. Oh, I don't like that. Yeah, it's exhausting, but <laughs> it's a really cool concept. You can set up, like, listening rooms, and so if you go into that room, like, the music is just playing, like, it auto, it starts to autoplay, like, um, and then you can DJ, so, like, you can, like, step up as a DJ, you can make a cue, and then, like, if there's multiple DJs, it just cycles through and plays the next song on the cue, like, playlist cue that each person has put on. And there was one day that me and my coworkers were doing it, like, so we were all in the same room listening to the same music while we worked. Um, but not, like, we were in the same jukebox room. We were also in the same working room. I don't know. It was exhausting. Um, but I was just, like, playing FT Island, like, so every time my name came up, an FT Island song would come up. <laughs> and all of my uh, coworkers were like, wow, that's a, that's a whole lot of K-pop, Raquel. And I was like, okay. Listen, I listen to your shitty ass music all day. <laughs> oh no. Raquel immediately <laughs> got defensive. Yeah, I just lost it immediately. Uh no, they actually really liked it. A couple of them even like starred the songs so that they could go back and listen to FD Island later. So <gasps> Look at you. The story had a happy ending. Yeah. Um anyway, uh I completely got off topic he is also in melting me softly so i'm very interested in watching it they got the band back together with um wanjina and um seya yunseya yunseya our band our girls are back i'm so excited we have to watch it because i loved them both yeah they did a great job mm, kang hana played jung yujin the most uh, she's probably the most beautiful person I've ever seen in my life in the whole world. Sometimes I got, I mean this in the least mean way possible, I got a little bit spooked by her because she's so beautiful. It's, I think it was like intimidation. Like it was my problem, not her problem. Like I don't want to say, yeah, it does I don't want this to sound mean, but she looks like the robots they're building to look like humans. Yeah, like in a good way. Like, like she if has you could of... build the most perfect person on earth, it would be her. Yeah, right. She is perfect. She is perfection. I love her. Um, if you ever want to be on the podcast, we'll talk about you in more reasonable ways. We'll make more reasonable comparisons to your beauty. You are just too perfect for words. She's in a few things. One thing I saw... But haven't watched. I, I've heard about it. It's called Scarlet Heart Dio. And I've heard so many things. Lee Evie of the Lee Evie Korean Drama Podcast recently talked about it on her podcast and how beautiful and epic 
And incredible it is. And I think it's at least a bit historical, which is probably why I never approached it. I think Raquel and I really write off anything even remotely historical very quickly. Yeah, I have a hard time with historical stuff, which sucks because I think there's probably a lot of really cool things they've done with historical dramas. Like there's a lot of really highly rated ones that I've just never been able to commit to because here's the thing, even if the story is so good, it would be it would have to be pretty high fantasy for me to get into because history was very unkind to women and it's hard for me to get into like romantic history stuff. That's an interesting point. I don't have such an opposition. I literally have no reason why I don't like historical (laughs) dramas. I just don't watch them, and that's why. It's because I've never tried them that I don't like them. Such as a child would say about new food. (laughs) Why am I like this? Oh, man. Yeah. I mean... On one end of the spectrum, we've got someone who's not trying new things, and on the other, we've got someone burning their bra, like, super angry about (laughs) history. I've never burned my bra, and I am not... You worked at Victoria's Secret. I think that's the opposite of burning your bra. Yeah. You're part of the problem, (laughs) That's not what I meant to say. I learned how to (laughs) make it an extra push-up bra by twisting it in the center. Her manager taught me that. She was taking us on a tour through the store, and then she's like, this is what I do when I want to, like, if I'm going to the club, like, I'm going to Vegas, I'm going to go to the club, my ex will probably be there. She picks out the push-up, like, pushiest push-up bra I've ever seen. It's got, like, three and a half inches of foam at (laughs) its bottom. the bombshell? Yeah, it was was the bombshell. Emily also worked at Victoria's Secret. (laughs) She knows. I love all the names of the bras. I think they're so fun. <laughs> yeah, so it was the bombshell. And then she takes the bombshell and she twists it like so that like it's tighter in the center, like there's less space in the center. Like yeah, that's it puts it gotta closer be terrible together. for the little band at the center. Yeah. So, I mean gets you to buy more of them. Where the hell? <laughs> that's why she did it. She's like, I get these for free every other day. Yeah. I got a lot of free stuff when we worked at Victoria's Secret. Mm-hmm. So much. I su- highly suggest working there if yeah. you have very high self-esteem. If you're breakable like Raquel and I, don't do it. <laughs> Absolutely don't stay it. away from that place. <laughs> uh, don't send impressionable people there. But if you want free stuff, it's the dopest place to work. Mm-hmm. And you learn all the tips. So that's our tip. What did we come here for? Uh, we were talking about historical dramas. We were talking about Scarlet Heart Rayo, who I think um, Hana plays a villain in that one. What? How do you know so much? <laughs> I'm on Asian Wikipedia right now. <laughs> <laughs> it has everything. Yeah. Dope. Uh, I have one other actor to talk about, and then... Okay. Okay, one last actor, it's another idol-turned-actor, is Park Hee-Von, which is an interesting romanization of a Korean name. Usually they don't use Vs. Yeah. Because they, maybe they're different, I don't don't know that much about Korean pronunciation, but I know in Japanese they don't make the V sound. Mm Mm-hmm. So, interesting, Hee-Von, 
fascinating name. I love it. She was in the girl group Milk, debuted in 2001. I'm sorry. I thought this girl was my age, maybe younger. I don't know. Her skincare routine needs to be published if it's not already, because that is not right. Maybe she's got it, like, trademarked or something. She trademarked her skin. Yeah. <laughs> That's Savage. insane to me. How? Yeah, she's flawless. Um, she was born in 83, and she's flawless. She is eternal, and I love her. She is the one that played Kim Won Jin in yes. Just Between Lovers, yeah. So she was the most perfect best friend. She got a great character, and she played her in the best way. She's been in many dramas, many movies, some that you may recognize. The Bride of Havik. I don't know if you've ever watched that one. I watched a little bit of it, but she's just a cameo, so I don't think I got to her episodes. Uh, Guardian, The Lonely and Great God, or as only Raquel and I refer to it nowadays, Goblin. Yeah. That's how we knew it. That's how we were raised. That's how we were raised. We were raised on that stuff. We're yeah. going to call it Goblin until the end of time. Back in my day, it was called Goblin. I don't know who changed the name or when, but we're not doing that. And to be fair, yeah, I do think Guardian is a more marketable name than <laughs> Goblin. <laughs> we will yeah. give them that. But if you're but, in the know, then Goblin has meaning, okay? Yeah. I don't know. I won't let it go. She was Untak's mother, which surprised me to no end. How? How does she's so young? And how is she playing a nine-year-old's mother? I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, she was, I think she was supposed to be a young mom in that, though. Like, because remember, like, she was pregnant and there was, like, a whole part about how she was, like, alone and her, like, dad wasn't going to step up. Uh, dad was not even existent in the K-drama, really. Yeah. Yeah. Raquel has a better memory for TV shows <laughs> than I do and probably for everything. I don't remember our girl. She actually was talking to God at some point. Um, that the God in that one, the female God, who's I can't remember. See, I don't remember that much because I don't remember who played God, other than I know she was also in Hwayuki. She and played. She's also stunning. Yeah, she played the dog demon, and uh, we really loved her in both of those roles. Um, but she, uh, yeah, they're, like, talking at the very beginning, and she sells her, like, a thing, and I think that's the part where they're like, oh, it's her, this is the chosen baby, and then she stays a baby for the whole time. I'm not still mad. It's fine. <laughs> We're fine that a 19-year-old played the lead. We know she's not 19 in actress. The actress was not 19, that's what I meant to say. But why was the character 19? Unnecessary. I'll never get over that. Anyways, Goblin's the best drama that ever happened, and I'm so glad our girl, Yvonne, was in that. A uh, couple more. Fated to Love You. I don't know if you ever watched that. It's probably the drama I hate the most in this world, and I try oh. not to hate many things. Yeah, I didn't watch it, and now I never will, so... Dope. It's settled. <laughs> I... Yeah. The Master's Son. Did you ever That's, watch that? 
No, it's one I want to watch because it's got uh, G... Soji Sub. Soji Sub. Um, and he's and the female lead. I also really love her. Yeah. I'll never know her name. We don't have to say it, but I love yeah. both the leads. I can picture her. I can picture Master's Son, like the cover of Master's Son, uh, mm-hmm. as it is on Vicky. I don't even have Vicky up. I just know it so well because I've looked at it 800 times and thought, you know... I really should watch watch this one. I should watch that. Uh, Let's see. Kong Hyojin. That's our girl. Mm. It's really good. It's not my favorite drama ever, but it's very good, and I think you'd enjoy it. Yeah, I definitely, yeah. It's one that I need to watch, and maybe I'll do, like, one of our, um, if you don't get to it first, maybe I'll do one of our blog posts on it. Uh, So, like, if if you subscribe to our Patreon, you can read some of our blog posts on um, just like K-dramas that we don't really end up reviewing here on the podcast. Like uh, we have a little place to still talk about the ones we watched that we liked or didn't like or whatever and why and what we feel. So go subscribe to our Patreon if you feel like you want to see that content. Yeah. Maybe someday I'll do one on Fated to Love You and Why I Hate It. Yeah. Maybe I'll just keep things positive and do one on Master's Son. Let's see, that's exciting. Um that's me on all the actors. Do you have any other mm-hmm. actors you want to talk about? I know you followed one of them on Instagram, your boy. Yeah. You know that I uh ever if you've been listening this long, then you know that I loved Lee Kiwoo's character. So I started following Lee Kiwoo. He played um, Sojuan. Sojuan, thank you. I hope that's right. I got it wrong all throughout <laughs> the show. Um, I think it's right. Uh, let's see. I can look it up. I've got his page up right now. Um, <gasps> Tiz Sojuan. Sojuan, you were right. When you're right, you're right. Thanks. Uh, so he actually he's been around for a while. He's been. I think the first thing that he was in was in 2003. Um, though I guess he was also in some music videos. Uh, does he, he's not a musician. I think he's one of the people that actually didn't do both as far as I'm aware, but uh. he is an athlete. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure he played a lot of basketball. That, that checks out. Yeah. He's very tall. <laughs> um, uh, he's typecast. I can see that. Yeah. If you were curious how tall, I expected I'd be able to find it on this wiki page, but I can't. So, so that's fun. I think it's <laughs> on here. Hold up. 192 centimeters. Dang. Yeah, he's a tall boy. That's what, 6'1", 6'2"? Yeah, I think so. Which is like, I come from a pretty tall family. I'm average. I am like the average size of a white female, American female. Um, 165 centimeters. I'm pretty sure that my brother is like six feet. So he's taller than my brother, who's a very tall person. Wow. Yeah. He majored in business administration. Not your brother. Sorry. (laughs) He got his MBA in arts and cultural management. Wow. Love a learned man. Yeah. Um, what has he... I, I mean, I don't think he's really been in anything that I've seen, but... It's because he's, he's been, been in, in school, Raquel. I know. He's been in school. He's been a busy dude. Between school and 
I don't know, like variety shows. I feel like there was something he was doing that like kept him really busy. Maybe he was a musician. I don't think he was, but maybe he was. I'm just going to say we're on different sites, I think. (laughs) On Asian Wiki, he's got a very long list of things, movies, TV shows that he's been in. Movies. I think he's mostly done movies, and I don't watch as many movies as I watch shows. He was in Miss Korea, which I think Hana was also in Miss Korea. She was. I thought it was just saying she was crowned Miss Korea, but it was under movies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the only other thing that I've ever, like, that's ever been, like, kind of adjacent to what I, not necessarily, like, would watch, but maybe, like, heard of was The Doctors. I've heard a lot about The Doctors. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, I feel like there's so many shows that are medical dramas that kind of have those names that are really, really general, like the doctors or like doctor. He's in Doctor Detective as well. He just loves playing a good doctor. I think he might be the star in Doctor Detective. I'm clicking on it. Here we go. Let's go on an adventure. (laughs) Thank you, Will. Is he also just a doctor? I think he might be a doctor. I think if you need any <laughs> medical help, you should email Lee Kiwu. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. Lee at gmail.com. Raquel <laughs> got his email on a personal level, and now she's doxing him <laughs> with medical advice. Don't do that, Raquel. Sorry, Kiwu. <laughs> Betrayal. If I thought that that was his actual email, I would never have done no. that. <laughs> it's not. Don't email that address. Yeah. Nobody. If you wanted to sign up for that address, that would be pretty funny, though. <laughs> Let us know if you get any emails. Um, I could try and sign up for it right now. Maybe I will, maybe I won't. <laughs> it would be very good, though. If you guys could please send in just, like, a quick, like, can I get some medical advice? Like, don't be blue. Don't be graphic. Just ask him, like, if he has any, like, cures for a cough, you know? Like, like maybe he, like, favors the natural honey lemon. Maybe he, like, takes the cough medicine. This feels like a joke (laughs) for 12-year-olds when we used to uh, prank call people. And ask if their refrigerator was running. Yeah. <laughs> Don't email leakywoo at gmail.com and ask if he has a cure for your cough. Get out of here. Emily is such an adult right now. I'm I think it would be very funny. Man, and I if will you, not stand for it. If you do that, you can tell me. I'll, <laughs> I'll ask Emily to not read the email. <laughs> you delete it before I ever see it. Yeah. I dare you. <laughs> I dare you to try and go around me. Do whatever you want. I don't, yeah. I'm not your keeper. <laughs> Email whoever you want. Just be kind, okay? Yeah, never, like, I don't know. Don't do anything upsetting. It, probably just don't do it, I guess. I I want to trust you guys. There's so many <laughs> of you that I trust. And there's maybe there's someone who stumbled upon this podcast that I don't trust. And, like, our listeners obviously the dopest, but... Um, I did want to talk, I don't have any of the information up, but I thought maybe you would, about the writer of this K-drama. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, and don't let me forget our sweet baby Namdarum. We have to come back to him. I thought I was <laughs> done with actors, but he wasn't on the list of Asian Wiki actors. Our sweet baby Namdarum plays baby Lee Gangju. Uh, let's see. We're trying to get better at knowing who writers and directors are. So step one is find out who the writer and director were for this show. I assume there wasn't just one writer. I don't really know how making a drama works, but hopefully it's not all on one person's shoulders. It might be, and if so, that person is Yubora. They are listed as the screenwriter for Just Between Lovers, and they only have one other drama in their repertoire, which is called Secret Love, and that was a 2013 KBS2 drama that I've never seen nor heard of. That's on me, not on you, Yobora. You're doing <laughs> great. But I'm surprised. Uh, Rain or Shine came out in... Sorry. Just Between Lovers. Everything on the site now is listed as Rain or Shine. Just Between Lovers came out in 2018, and Yubora has no credits after that. What? They are incredible, and I love them. I don't know if that's a man or a woman, and I don't care, because they're a great writer, mm -hmm. and I need them to write more. Keep going. We loved your work. If it's your dream, keep pursuing it. If it's not your dream, feel free to quit. That's, that's up to you. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was crazy. Yeah. They have some movies, but we don't watch movies, you know? Yeah. We could. I've never seen a movie in my life. <laughs> I'm not going to start now. What are what are movies? Are they, like, shows but different? Are they, like, dramas but really short? This is miserable. <laughs> Why would I not want a 16-hour movie? <sighs> when I come home, we're going to watch my favorite movie ever, which is a Korean movie. This whole conversation is ironic. Yes, I can't wait. We watch some Korean movies when we get together, and by some, I mean one time. We did. We watched Train to Busan. Yep, and cried our fucking faces off. <laughs> Didn't know that was going to happen. No, not what you expect when you go into watching a horror movie. But here we are. But here we are, crying our fucking faces off. That's actually what happened when I watched my favorite movie of all time, which is called Sunny. So I'm sorry. Get ready for the tears. Maybe yeah. that's just what Korea does best. I'm ready to hurt. Cool. Can you hear my dog snore? Just like... Uh-uh. That's cute. <laughs> He's snoozing. Okay, so I pulled up Chiboy, uh, Nam Darum. Dope. What's he about? He was born in 2002, which does... Make me feel a little bit old. That hurts my head, and I hate being that guy that's like, anyone born after 2000 is just too young for me to know. I yeah. can't fathom it. I was born in 95. Like, we are not that different. Mm -mm. But there's something about, like, being present for Y2K versus not being present for Y2K that's mind-boggling. You be there. Yeah. You had to have been there when the internet shut down. <laughs> And uh, the apocalypse descended upon us, and... We are the survivors, and yeah. these kids born in 2002 will never have to go through that. Mm -mm. So, so what's he... his deal? <laughs> uh, he's been in so many things. He's always the young, and then, like, it's always, like, main male lead, and then young. So he's, like, 
he plays the child version. For the flashbacks. Yeah. He's in all of the flashbacks and he's the male lead in all of them. Love name it. name a show. Don't look at the list that we definitely looked at earlier. Yeah, I already looked at it. Pinocchio. He's there. While you're sleeping. He's there. I forgot the rest of them. He's in Goblin. What? But he's not the young version of anyone in Goblin. Pathetic. Yeah, he's a boy beaten by stepdad. I do think I remember that because it's in episode one and four. And I remember looking back at like the time that we... No, that must have been a different thing because we would have watched episodes one and four at once. Except we watched two episodes at a time with Goblin. Sorry, Uh. let me crunch the numbers. I'm over here. I'm that meme right now of like the woman squinting at the equations. (laughs) Um because I, I don't remember him being in it. Like, I don't remember that plot. But I do remember there was a couple of times before we really got the hang of... And I think this, w- this was the one. where we Before we got the hang of the fact that they d- didn't lo- leave any, like, loose ends. And we were like, wow, they're just going to, like, show this kid that, like, got hit by his stepdad. And then we're never going to hear from him again. It was just to, like, prove some weird point. I think the goblin, like helps him out at some point the rant sounds familiar that sounds exactly like something we would say and i vaguely remember that but i can't remember and for sure i'm it's sort of coming back to me i think i might need to rewatch goblin finally we definitely do because i keep i don't know i've climbed to the hill it's the hill i'm gonna die on that goblin is the best drama ever created and i don't know why i'm up here it's been a long time since I've seen it, and I remember having so many gripes with it when we watched it. Yeah, we were such fucking babies about it, but looking back, I've never had a K-drama make me cry harder. I will say that. I still think about... I maybe have not cried that hard since. That's not true. I cry a lot. Um, <laughs> but it like, feels like you don't cry a lot. You didn't cry at this last drama. Yeah, I don't cry at dramas anymore because my real life is way more sad than the dramas. Okay. Well, that's my bad for saying anything. <laughs> yes. I'm going to take that uh, one. I think you were trying to give me an out, and then I just decided to double down. It's I'm sorry. Oh, that's my bad. Um, We definitely need to rewatch it so that we can understand why we're up on this hill and what it's about. And who all the actors are that we would now recognize from so many other great works. Yeah, no, that is one that I definitely want to rewatch eventually. It's hard to find the time. It's a long one. Yeah, I remember we spent like half a year on that one. That was our fault. Uh, We watched two episodes at a time. And then between that, I had surgery in the middle and I literally couldn't talk. That's what it was. For a while. So I remember we, like, did a blitz on it, and we tried to, like, do a lot. I don't know. We did that. And then we just didn't do anything for a couple of months while I recovered. Maybe the blitz made us hate it in the middle, because I remember being very dissatisfied with it during our break. Yeah. We just watched... we came back to it. (laughs) A lot all at once, and there's just a lot of heavy emotion in Goblin. Anyway, he was in it. Cool. (laughs) Glad we made that point very clear by expanding on it for 15 minutes. 
This is the Just Between Lovers bonus episode where I talk about FT Island and then we both talk about Goblin and how we don't don't remember anything about it, but we loved it. Yeah. I do want to, like, touch back on this K-drama as a whole. Okay. I'd love that. We need some grounding to finish off. Yeah. I... I'm so excited. Sorry, we were going to talk about the director. My bad. His name is Kim Jin-wan. Please look him up. He did a lot of wonderful things. We're big fans now. Thank you, Kim Jin-wan. Mm-hmm. To round out this podcast, this show made me really excited to move home, and I didn't expect that. I think that's one of the magical things about Korean dramas is that they relate to your real life in such personal ways. You personalize them when you watch them and you don't even realize you're doing it and then once the drama was over and I think I told you I cried all night but they were obviously sad tears in part because I have to leave my lovely home in Japan pretty soon here but it made me so much more excited and comforted about going home and seeing my family again this show is so much about relationships And not only real families, but found families, which I also feel like I have more in Utah than I do here. I mean, Raquel, for one. Watching all these, all these scenes with these cute little mid-twenties year olds just getting together to hang out and whatever circumstances they're going through, they just call each other, get the whole group together, pal around. And it seems delightful. The whole theme of the show seemed to be just relationships and how important they are and how that's kind of the meaning of life, which I think is what I spent a lot of 2019 struggling to learn. I had a lot of anxiety about what I was going to do with my life after leaving Japan, and I have so many dreams of exploring the world and going to different countries, and it helped me a lot to realize that I want to focus my life, at least right now, on my relationships and my family, my my immediate family that I'm really close to, and my friends who I'm really close to, and everyone that I left behind to come here. And I decided that, and I was happy with that, and I'm so glad to have found this show that really reinforced that and made me feel, like, validated in my choice. I didn't expect that going into this drama, you know? Yeah, that's super beautiful. I'm making a similar move. I'm not moving countries, but I'm moving back to Utah. And I... That makes me more excited, too. I've been having a hard time. I met a lot of great people here, and I was fine, and I was fine, and I was fine. And then all of a sudden, I realized, like, these really great people, like, threw me a surprise party and just, like, made me feel, I don't know, so at home. And at the end of the day, though, like, I feel like it's like that quote where it's, um, I'm pretty sure it's from Winnie the Pooh, and it's, like, how lucky I am to have something to be so sad about saying goodbye to. I totally misquoted it, but, like, I don't know. It's, like, really great to have that and have those relationships that I can come back to and come see them. And, yeah, I'm excited to go home, too. And this K-drama was so beautifully done and was it felt so real. 
Like, it was definitely dramatic, but the characters... And it was, like, the that interwoven storyline in the way that only K-dramas can do. Because, like, you know that lives aren't quite that interwoven unless you choose for them to be. Versus, like, the coincidence and circumstance that you find in a K-drama. Like, can you believe that these two people that met in this way also knew each other as babies? <laughs> Always. Always. Every time. Uh, but, yeah, it's just... It f- felt so real watching them navigate these relationships and deal with everything. And I am so excited to be near family, too. I'm so glad. It's gonna be good. I think, like you said, it all feels a little bit set up for the drama, and that's mm-hmm. the premise of a drama. I think a scene that is gonna stick with me forever, and I know it's a weird choice, but it's when Moonsu is upset and Gongdu takes her over to Wanjin's house. And Wanjin and her assistant slash boyfriend leave for a while, but they come back eventually and the episode ends with the four of them. And at some point they invited Songman over. <laughs> Just having like a little powwow get together, hanging out as friends. And to me that was I don't know, it felt like something that would only happen in a drama, that you would go over to your friend's house upset and end up with, like, all of your friends in a group hanging out, not being upset. Like, they helped you work through your feelings, but didn't let you dwell on them. And I want that. (laughs) I'm so excited to have that. I'm so... Like you said, you gotta work for it. It's not as magical as a K-drama, obviously. Sangman had to take a freaking bus across town to get to that party <laughs> by himself by Y'all himself be better to sangman just kidding <laughs> they were always great to him but that's everyone the thing is they invited things. him yeah everyone knows that he was the most important character he absolutely was and they appreciated him they had a friend group that they were not gonna let anybody be left out and i loved that i'm gonna have that even if it means i have to take a bus across town at midnight <laughs> I'm gonna do it because look how delightful it is. Yeah, yeah. The and I don't know. It's hard to bring it back to this as we wrap up, but like I also I really appreciated how this drama took a run at trauma. Like I think we talked about it a lot through the K drama, but um, at the end of the day, like it was like it was about the relationships that they uh, formed as they coped with this trauma that they went through. And it's a trauma that like most people don't have to experience. And I, it was very, I mean, it was heavy. Like this was a heavy drama. It was, it felt very tragic, but at, in the end, like the way that it was approached, um, kind of going back to episode one. And I think I brought it back in the last episode about how, um, Every moment felt so calm and contemplative, even the high drama moments. Like, they were there, but then there were just, like... It's like you were breathing through it. You There was never a point where it was, like, 
an utter gut punch even though it had the the potential to be that like there were the moments that could have been gut punches but instead it was like it gave you time to settle into the moments whether they were dramatic or whether they were more of the like joyful moments and I don't know it just it, it was so I think I called it in the first episode dreamy and contemplative and it stayed that like even during the high drama and and I also think that that was in large part due to the sound design I loved the sound design for this k-drama like the soundtrack was really really beautiful it was closer to something that I feel like I would listen to in my everyday life and it was like soft and easy and lovely and just that carried me through it and I don't know this was just a really beautiful k-drama absolutely It was a beautiful K-drama. I'm so glad we watched it. We found it from a poll on Twitter. Uh, Thank you to everyone who voted and told us to watch it. Because what a great time we had. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, it was a blast. And it was so good. Um, If you want to let us know what you thought of this beautiful, contemplative, dreamy, perfect drama, send us an email at playonkpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, you can let us know what you would rate it. Do you still want to do a star rating, even though we made, did a different different setup here? Yeah, I do. Oh, no. It's... I mean, we've watched too many good dramas lately. They're all ten stars. This is ten perfect stars. I... I'm putting mine at 9, so we can make it a 9.5 for the okay. play on K rating. I think the only thing that I took away from is that even though it was lovely and I felt like I knew what it was about, like the relationships and the trauma and the building collapse and the rebuilding and everything, there were moments that I didn't, I don't know, I didn't understand why we were having them or why we were doing them and there was like some stuff that felt like it was resolved only because we were told it was resolved like the stuff with the parents I felt like instead of resolving that throughout the drama just at the end it was like okay well they're dealing with it now okay I see that that's interesting but like it was such a small thing which is why I still think it's overall like a 9 to 9.5 k-drama definitely get biased after a while (laughs) and I don't think I judge very fairly but I guess that's the point of my personal rating is that I would absolutely watch it again it it reinforced ideas that I needed reinforced at a time in my life when I needed them and I think it just hit home at the right time for me so it was a perfect exactly what I needed everything I wanted 10 stars We also have an award that I don't know if we gave during the drama, and I'm so sorry if we didn't, because this doggo deserves better than us. Uh, We had a happy award winner, Moongchi, the doggo. Yes! Congratulations. Me getting emotional all over again. Uh, Every time they, like, even referenced that dog, like, when they were building the thing uh i was fucking devastated (laughs) but what a good happy baby but what a good happy baby you did good moonchi uh you have a good name 
you have a good owner, and you did the right thing. Mengchi, our happy award winner. Do we have a bus stop girl? We had so many bus stops, so many opportunities for a bus stop girl, like a real, actual bus stop girl, and I don't think we had any. I mean, there was that one guy that, like, sat with the group after the grandma died. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, he can be the bus stop girl, because he gave us a hot narration of grandma's life. I was going to say hot tip. He literally did the entire life story of grandma. (laughs) Who? What? And then he was gone. Yeah, I completely forgot about him. That's the perfect (laughs) bus stop girl. So forgettable. So impactful, but where did they come from? Where did they go? All right. We got a bust out girl and a happy award winner. That's why it's 10 stars. Boom. Yeah. Maybe it's 10 stars. I don't know. No, I, just... I won't peer pressure you. Yeah. That's why it's 9.5 stars. <laughs> okay. Are we okay. finished? Okay. We do. Uh, last housekeeping, visit our website. Emily gave it a makeover. It's super beautiful. Uh, it's playonk.com. You can comment on episodes there. You can sign up for our newsletter where we'll let you know when we're starting a new K-drama. Obviously, we're starting one super soon. Next week, we'll... If we haven't already sent it, we'll let you know soon what K-drama that is. Yeah, there's just, like, a lot to do. You can you can find a link to our Patreon there if you wanted to subscribe to get those blog posts. We have an affiliates page now where you can find services that we use and love and absolutely suggest. And if you go through our links or if you just use our code, play on K, then you can get a discount on some of these services we use, which include Blueberry right now. They are amazing. They host all of our audio files and they are absolutely reliable. We're so excited to use them forever into the future. And they also do our statistics, which is so exciting. We've never done statistics for our show and it's so neat knowing how many people are out there listening. Hello. Hi. How are you? We love you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. If you're starting a podcast, go check out Blueberry and use code PLAYONK to get a little free month. Oh, we're on Twitter. Emily's super active on Twitter. I read Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Our Twitter handle is at PLAYONK. We love interacting with you guys over there. So follow us and chat with us and talk about K-dramas there as well if you wanted to do it in a shorter more digestible way than an email. If you find us on iTunes and give us a five-star rating and review, we will absolutely give you a little shout-out and a thank you on the podcast because that would help us get in the rankings for podcasts so people can find us easily. So get on that. Thank you, thank you in advance. And thanks to James Hevel for our beautiful theme song we love it and we love you we love it and we love you thank you james and thank you all for listening that is the finale for just between lovers okay bye okay bye